In today's show, I'm covering the NBA and looking at injuries when players are going to return, what we can do with them. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore Beeble and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Let's go. 30 teams. Let's take a look at injury updates across the league, starting with the Atlanta Hawks. DeAndre Hunter had that knee issue, came back, played two games, 20 and 26 minutes, was pretty disappointing, and then has missed the next three. He's currently listed as questionable with that knee soreness. Um, he came back earlier than expected. This was a worry for me that he came back so early, and the fact that he's now had to miss more with soreness does not uh, assuage my worry at all. So I'm definitely having some level of caution regarding uh, Hunter. I still think that he's a guy that we, we should roster at this point and um, hope that it gets better, but Obviously, at this point, it's uh, it's very, very far from ideal at this stage to see where he currently is in his recovery. Cam Reddish is going to be out more weeks. He's got no real fantasy relevance at all. He's going to be yeah. He's going to be reevaluated in two weeks. I'm thinking three to four. And then Chris Dunn, mate. I don't know. Maybe next week he makes his season debut. How he's a part of that rotation though is still up in the air. The Brooklyn Nets, the big one there with Brooklyn, of course is Kevin Durant, who has been missing for a very long time with a hamstring. Now, they have got the cushion and the star talent to be able to take it easy with KD, to be able to leave him sit and uh, and rest and make sure that that is 100% uh, healthy. But it's obviously frustrating for us as fantasy managers. Now, I assume that we're going to be getting Durant back at some point next week. That's not confirmed at this stage. Um, they're notoriously pretty poor in terms of injury management. Remember when Durant first hurt his hamstring? So he'll be out two games. Um, and then we're you know, a month plus into that. I would say looking at Monday next week, they've got a back-to-back um, on Sunday, Monday against the Bulls on the road and the Knicks at home. I would be looking at maybe that Knicks game as a return for Kevin Durant. LaMarcus Aldridge is also going to be coming back maybe across the weekend on that Sunday. Or well, not coming back, making his Nets debut. They're just ramping him up. While Landry Shamet at this point is questionable after missing the last four games with an ankle problem. Um, yeah, the big one there is obviously Durant. Now, when Durant returns, it is going to impact Griffin, Green, Claxton. I think Jordan is out of the rotation personally when everyone is ready to go, um, which is uh, great because he's not that good. But I think that's what will end up happening. Happening in that scenario, Jalen Brown missed last game. He is back today, so that's great news. Tristan Thompson's still out with the health and safety protocols. Well, Shemi Ojale is going to miss at least the next four games with his hip injury, and Romeo Langford still has not made his season debut. He's still dealing with health and safety protocols. Had the wrist surgery, and then uh, looks like he's caught COVID as well and uh, not back in the rotation. But you know, him and Thompson, they're not 12-team league guys. Thompson's probably not even a 14-team league guy. For the Hornets, Malik Monk is appearing on the injury report as probable with his foot problem. He's missed the last two games, so hopefully he is ready to go. While LaMelo Ball, we're looking at you know, uh, maybe the start of May that he returns. Maybe he's got, look, they, they said perhaps four weeks. They are in a playoff spot. I think they're in the fourth seed at the moment, the Hornets. So there is a chance, there is a chance that um, LaMelo does return. 
this season, but I would be expecting May. And unless you have an IR spot, holding a, a zero on your roster for as good as LaMelo is, is pretty tough to do. The Chicago Bulls, Zach Levine and Kobe White are both questionable for today. I'd be pretty surprised if Levine plays, to be honest. I think he might get the next two to three off with that ankle injury. White, I've got, I've got no idea. Um, and then Garrett Temple is doubtful with a hamstring injury after leaving last game early. Again, I would imagine that Garrett, uh, at his advanced age and dealing with a hamstring injury, is going to miss a little bit more time than just the two, the one or two games. The Cleveland Cavaliers, I guess we've got some positive news with Kevin Love, is that maybe he's ready to return, but honestly, just do not get your hopes up. I would not be adding Kevin Love um, in 12-team leagues or 14-team leagues. I think if he comes back, he's going to be on very, very low minutes. He's going to be in and out of the lineup, um, and maybe, maybe in the end of April, he's putting up 27 minutes a night and scoring yeah, 18 and 10. That's a possibility, but I absolutely do not trust it whatsoever, and if that does happen, then I would look to add him, and if I miss out, oh well. Okay, it's just a, a very big oh well to me if I'd miss out on that scenario. They're also dealing with the absence of Jared Allen, who missed the last two for concussion, Larry Nance, who missed the last one with an illness. Uh, Dylan Windler's dealing with some knee soreness. Remember, he missed all of last season with a knee injury. And Matty Delvadova still hasn't made his season debut dealing with appendicitis. But the Nance one's not serious. Allen should be back pretty soon, it looks like. And yeah, I wouldn't be bothering with Kevin Love. In terms of 12-team league value, the Dallas Mavericks, they copped it earlier in the season with all those COVID absences. We had Porzingis in his knee injury. But at the moment, things are going along all right for them. Nothing to really uh, talk about too much outside of the two guys uh, who have been out for a while, Willie Cauley-Stein, who's obviously dealing with, uh, looks like a COVID diagnosis, and Tyrell Terry with some personal issues. The recently acquired JJ Redick isn't ready to play yet, dealing with a heel injury. He had some pretty uh, inflammatory things to say about the Pelicans on his podcast. And I know a lot of people hating on JJ because of those things that he said there. I understand his frustration, especially if he was told one thing. He's not saying, you must trade me here, you must buy me out. You must send me to Brooklyn so I can chase a ring. He's like, look, I'm not sure that this is for me, this system. Um, we're dealing with COVID, and I'd just like to be a bit closer to my family. And I think that's a reasonable request. Instead, he ended up in Dallas. But yeah, he's not going to be an impact guy there, maybe 15 to 20 minutes a night maximum. On to the Denver Nuggets. The biggest injury, I guess, at this point is Monty Morris. It looks like his return isn't going to be far away. Malone keeps hinting at the fact that he will move into the starting lineup, and you would have to assume it's going to be at the expense of either Farton, Will Barton, or Michael Porter Jr. Maybe it doesn't happen at all, but Malone just keeps hinting at that. Morris was sort of a fringe 12-team league guy in 28 minutes a night, so I wouldn't be rushing to add him, but it looks like yeah, he's been out for weeks here, like yeah, three, four weeks with this uh, quad injury, that when he comes back, he is going to have a fairly sizable role. It's going to push someone like Faku Kampazzo out of the rotation, and you can look at Morris as more of that streamer-type guy in that scenario. I'm excited to tell you about a new podcast I think you're really going to love. It's called Death at the Wing. It's a sports documentary podcast hosted by Adam McKay, the writer and director of The Big Short, Vice, and Anchorman. 1980s basketball saw players like Magic Johnson and Dr. J become household names, bringing a faster and flashier style of play that captivated TV audiences. But along with that wealth and stardom, the excesses of the 80s took their toll on the next generation of basketball, and never in the history of any sport have we seen so many who are ready to become stars face tragic deaths in such a short time frame. McKay is joined by sports journalists and experts who live through these moments in history to explore this overlooked phenomenon and the web of social, political, and cultural forces at play. 
Um, look, it's going to be. I'm excited to listen to this, to be honest. And if you loved uh, something like The Last Dance or you, know, you love your 30 for 30 uh, documentaries and their podcast documentaries as well, I think you're going to love Death at the Wing. So wherever you get your podcast, search for Death at the Wing and then you can start listening. All right, next team we take a look at is the Detroit Pistons. Dennis Smith Jr. has missed the last three games with this bilateral lumbar spine. So his back's rooted, basically. That's not ideal because really... Delon Wright got traded and went, all right, now it's time for Dennis Smith to start. And then he got injured. So we haven't seen that. I think that if he's healthy, he will be the guy to have in 12-team leagues. But is his upside actually high enough to deal with the absence of you know, three games and he's going to miss Wednesday as well? So we don't, And we don't know if he's going to play Thursday. I would consider that maybe move on territory. Killian Hayes, we're still probably two to three weeks away from his return. And even when he does return, it'll be unlimited minutes. I can't see him troubling the scorers in 12-team leagues or probably even 14-teamers. The Duke Wayne Allington's doubtful today with a calf injury. Older player, calf injury. I'd expect a couple of games absences there. Jaleel Okafor still a bit away from his knee injury. He won't be in the rotation. And Scooter Magruder's dealing with an elbow injury. And when guys like Smith and Hayes and, and Allington play, Magruder also won't be part of that rotation. Next, we look at the Golden State Warriors. Of course, Steph Curry is already back from his tailbone issue, but he said he was in a little bit of pain, and he's propped up as probable on the injury report. So let's just keep an eye on that, especially if the Warriors start losing some games. They just smash the bulls in Curry's return. Um, Maybe there might be some games off down the track there. Eric Paschal, the triangles, dealing with a wrist injury. He was out of the rotation anyway, so that's not really any sort of um, concern, I don't think, for fantasy. For the Rockets, the big one there is John Wall. We heard this, that report a few weeks ago from Chris Haynes about him having uh, having to undergo arthroscopic surgery on his knee, and it will happen in season. We don't know when. I don't know what they're waiting for. They just need to go and do it now. But now that he's popped up as questionable for Wednesday in the injury report, I don't think John Wall, this is just a baseless pull-it-out-of-my-ass prediction, I don't think John Wall plays after the 12th of April. Don't know why I'm saying that, but that's just my guess. Daniel House. And Christian Wood are both probable, so they're returning. Eric Gordon, we're still weeks away from him returning, probably three to four weeks from his groin injury. Uh, I doubt that he will play enough uh, to be a 12-team league guy when he returns, and I wouldn't be sacrificing roster spots there. David Nwaba, probably another three weeks away as well with his wrist injury, and he's only just going to be that deeper league guy. While Dante Exum, remember he plays for the Rockets? Yeah, well, he's still a little bit away from with that calf injury. Not going to be a guy, I don't think that really has any sort of fantasy impact with Sterling Brown and Avery Bradley and then DJ Augustin and Eric Gordon and Kevin Porter and Jason Tate and Daniel House and all those guys ahead of him. The Indiana Pacers, long-term injuries. We know TJ Warren's out for the season, but at, otherwise that's it. They've got Dougie McDermott and Jeremy Lamb who are questionable for Wednesday. Lamb stubbed his toe by kicking the back of someone's shoe apparently. And that has had problems in the past. I can't remember who it was who had like that toe sprain from doing a similar thing. Maybe it was Chris Dunn who had a toe problem. I don't know. But let's keep an eye on that. Lamb is not the most robust in terms of his health coming back from that knee problem as well. So let's keep an eye on that while McDermott's dealing with an ankle sprain. The Clippers were without everyone in their game yesterday that they lost inexplicably. Well, not inexplicably. They lost because they had everyone injured. But in that game, they lost to the Magic. You have to worry a little bit about Paul George missing the last two games with foot soreness. That is absolutely a concern. Marcus Morris dealing with a calf contusion. He was a late scratch. I think that may have been more back-to-back precaution, but let's watch it. Beverly has missed forever, like the last three weeks with a knee injury. Serge Ibaka has also missed that, and Serge is not even doing any on-court work, so I would imagine that Ibaka isn't back until next week. Pretty tough to keep holding him when I think his role is going to be like 24 minutes a night, especially with how Ivica Zubats has played, and Beverly is not going to be a 12-team league guy with those other players around. While Rajon Rondo, he's out with uh, an adductor issue. 
I don't think that he's coming in and playing big minutes. Again, he's not that good. And they are allegedly signing DeMarcus Cousins. And the answer to your question is no. DeMarcus Cousins is not a 12-team league ad. He will be, if he signs, on a 10-day contract as the third-string center. Now, maybe he gets backup minutes behind Zubats when Ibaka is out. But it's not worth the hassle. It is just name-brand value only that you are going for DeMarcus Cousins if you're adding him in a fantasy league. It's he did have a, The last time he played, it was an absolute monster from him. But there's been plenty of stinkers mixed in there. And he just can't move enough laterally to be useful enough for uh, for teams. And that's the problem. The Lakers. Anthony Davis. Um, well, I don't know. Mid-April, I guess. It just keeps getting pushed back and pushed back this time frame. He's been out for months or you know, over a month with his calf slash Achilles problem. And they're going to want to be uh, cautious. And when he comes back, he's not going to play 35 minutes a night. He might play 35 minutes a night by the time we get to the start of May, maybe. But I would say middle of April for a return. LeBron, we're looking at end of April for a return. Um, A lot of people say, what do I do with Anthony Davis? Well, it's all going to be individual circumstances. Because if you're in a situation where you need something to happen over the next two weeks, you've got to trade him for anything, like a top 30 player. And that's selling low on Anthony Davis. But... If you need something, some good production, then you're going to need to do it. Someone told me that they saw LeBron drop to their waiver wire and they added him, and I think that's fine. If you're in a comfortable position, you have an IR spot, you do that. But again, if uh, it is tough to consider dropping LeBron, but you're four weeks away from him returning. Um, and by the time he comes back, say it's the 26th of April, he'll probably have limited minutes for the first week or so. The 26th of April, what? that's like the first week, second week, third week of your playoffs. Have you even made it that far if you don't have anyone replacing LeBron? You're down one rotation in your streaming set situation? Probably not. It's a tough call to make. And that's why, again, you should always have either extended benches or more IR spots, in my opinion, because you don't want to have to make that decision. It, and it sh- you should never have to be able to find LeBron James on the waiver wire. I, I think that's pretty silly. The Memphis Grizzlies. The Spectre, Jaron Jackson. Well, let's just not assume that. It's just assume he's not coming back. Apparently, it's end of April for Jackson to return. Cool. There is absolutely no reason to be holding on. If you've got a spare IR spot, sure. He's not hurting anybody there. He hasn't been hurting anybody there all season. But there is absolutely no reason to be holding on to Jaron Jackson, who, again, when he comes back, will be on limited minutes. And we are talking about that return at the end of April, which, like with LeBron, that's the middle of the fantasy playoffs. Is it worth it? Probably not. Justice Winslow's out again with a thigh injury today. He is not troubling the scorers in 12-team or 14, 16, 18-team leagues. While Grayson Allen's still questionable with hip soreness. Let's hope that he misses time, not for his sake, but for the sake of the betterment of the Grizzlies and for our boy D'Anthony Melton. The Miami Heat, Victor Oladipo is dealing with a head cold, which could not be a weirder way of phrasing it. It just sounds so stupid. What, they might as well just said Victor Oladipo out, runny nose. Like, head cold? Just say illness. I, I, I don't understand. Anyway, um, he's out. That won't be a long-term thing. Casey Okpala is in the health and safety protocols, as is Udonis Haslam. Gabe Vincent, for the 50th time this year, is listed as probable with a right knee injury. And Kendrick Nunn missed the last game with an ankle problem. Now, Nunn is going to be... He's a clear droppable player, and that will become even more evident if you're not aware of it at this point when Victor Oladipo does uh, finally take the court for the Miami Heat. The Milwaukee Bucks... Bob Portis in the health and safety protocols looks like he he's not on the road trip, so he's going to miss the next five games. 
Um, PJ Tucker still dealing with his calf injury. It was an ankle injury, and now it's a calf injury. I would think PJ misses the rest of this week and returns next week. That gives more minutes to P- uh, for Paddy Connaughton. That's more of a deeper league pull. Obviously, you're dropping Portis in 12-team leagues, and you shouldn't have been touching PJ Tucker in 12-team leagues in that scenario. It also gives deep league appeal to Thanasa Antetokounmpo, who will fill in those uh, you know, 15 minutes or so as the backup power forward where Portis and, uh, and Tucker would have got those minutes regularly. For Minnesota, the D'Angelo Russell situation, we still it just keeps getting pushed back. I'm going to be pretty surprised if we see D'Angelo this week. Um, and again, generally with knee injuries, when you um, when you get a timetable, go the longest and then add a little bit on. It didn't happen for DeAndre Hunter, but you know what? It might end up pushing that way as, as he comes back with soreness. And when they said four to six for D'Angelo Russell, I was like, no way. That's going to be six to eight. And we are, we're getting pretty close to that mark right now for D'Angelo Russell as he returns from this uh, knee injury. Is he? He was a. I thought he was a guy to drop when it happened. Um, you wouldn't drop just now with when he's maybe got you know three games to um to wait to return. But he is going to make you know, Rubio a droppable guy. You know, Jalen Noel's value would drop. Jordan McLaughlin probably goes out of the rotation, and then someone like Edwards and Beasley they probably lose a little bit in terms of their overall usage in that situation. I've been telling you about Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar on the market for a while now. It is the amazing low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, amazing tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate on all bars. And now it's time to find out which Built Bar is the best. It is Built Bar Madness. Today's matchup is over on the website, builtbar.com, or on their Twitter account at bar underscore built. And remember, when you use the promo code LOCKED15, you get 15% off your next order. That's LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order at builtbar.com. Check back to see who won today's matchup and who will become the best tasting protein bar. Looking at the New Orleans Pelicans, it's just Lonzo Ball who has missed the last five games with his hip flexor injury. No, it wasn't because he was getting traded, quite obviously. Um, I think we might get a couple more miss. The Pelicans have a back-to-back Thursday, Friday. I think he's missing one of those games, whether that's the Thursday or Friday, I'm not sure. And I think the realistic expectation is probably going to be Sunday for Lonzo, which is going to drop the value of Nikhil Alexander-Walker, although still hold him. It's going to drop the value of Eric Bledsoe, if that even is a thing that exists, although Bledsoe has played over 30 minutes in the five games that Lonzo hasn't been there, so he can be a stream option in those scenarios. It probably doesn't impact someone like Josh Hart that much, though. He's just been rock solid around that 28 to 30-minute mark uh, nearly every game, irrespective of ball status. Unfortunately, it probably means that Kyra Lewis finds his uh, rotation role pretty much diminished. The Knicks, Mitchell Robinson with that fractured foot. Don't see him playing this season. He's done. You can drop him. Derek Rose is questionable with an ankle injury, and that is a massive worry for me. Rose had all that ankle prob- all those ankle problems in Minnesota where he missed a bunch of time, and now yeah, it's cropping up again, and it just seems to be such a standard thing. April, Derek Rose, ankle problems. We don't see him again. Now, I'm not saying we're not seeing him again here. I think he'll be back, but it is obviously a red flag when Derek Rose has knee or ankle problems. Um, let's hope he is okay and uh, that he's able to push through it. The Oklahoma City Thunder. We know Al Horford won't play again this year. Mike Muscala, he won't play again unless in an emergency, but he's also out with an ankle injury. Alexei Pokashevsky's in the health and safety protocols. We don't know how long he's going to be out. Darius Baisley still dealing with a shoulder problem. He's been out for the last three weeks. I don't think we he's coming back until next week at the earliest. Um, Lou Dort dealing with concussion protocols, so he might be back next week. And then there's Shea Gildas-Alexander, the big question. Uh, on this team. Um, I, I I don't know whether he's coming back. I would be relatively surprised if he's back before the middle of April, if he comes back at all. 
Um, we know that their priority is not necessarily winning, <clears throat> but their priority is development, and Shea is a part of that development. So they're not going to push it. They're not going to rush him. But I would say mid-April is your best-case scenario for Gildas Alexander to return. The Orlando Magic, Terrence Ross had been a long-term uh, injury over the last couple of weeks with that knee problem, but he returned pre- returned to shoot horribly. But he did return nonetheless, so that's a positive to get him back in there. I think he's a must-roster player, and it does look like Cole Anthony is going to return next week. The Magic play Thursday, Saturday, Sunday this week, and then they don't play again until Wednesday. So I reckon that Wednesday, the 7th of April, is a good time to target Cole Anthony. Do I think he'll be a must-roster player? Eventually, yes, I do. First off, probably not. Is it worth holding for a week with zeros? And then maybe limited minutes initially. I don't think he's that good, but I do think he's going to have some value. Well, Gary Harris. Nice, Gary. He's going to play for this point team at some point. I would guess probably another two weeks away with that groin injury. We know he's had significant issues with that groin all season. They're not going to rush him. They've got no need to rush him, but he just provides some uh, stability. He'll impact guys like Hampton and the Shark, Dwayne Bacon as well. For Philadelphia, could be getting Joel Embiid back this weekend. No confirmation 100% on that, but we could we could be getting that return there for Joel across the weekend. So hopefully he's not too far away. I imagine his minutes will be limited in that first game back. And then early next week, I think there's a possibility that George Hill returns. That'll impact guys like Furkan Korkmaz, Sheikh Milton, Seth Curry, um, uh, Matisse Thibel a little bit as well. We'll, uh, we'll we'll lose some of their some of their playing time and some of their um, some of their rotation minutes, which are exactly the same things. I don't know why I said it twice. On to the Phoenix Suns. Um, uh, Frank the Tank Kaminsky is dealing with the health and safety protocols at the moment, but he had been excised from the rotation anyway, so nothing much to see there with them. Uh, apart from Abdul Nadir, actually, who's missed the last five with an uh, with his knee injury, he's going to miss Wednesday again. He was playing well. Um, Tory Craig has stepped into that role, and then Langston Galloway getting minutes. I think they'll still probably go with Nadir and Craig over Galloway when he returns, but that's just a deeper league sort of situation for Portland. Uh, Yusuf Nurkic is returning. He's still. He's still uh, bringing his um, conditioning back, but I thought he looked pretty good in his limited minutes. Uh, Nasir Little is dealing with a thumb injury. We don't expect that to be too serious. He is um, going to wear a splint for that. He had been providing some quality rotation minutes, and we just have not heard a single thing about Zach Collins. I At this point, I just have to expect that Zach Collins isn't returning this season after having that stress fracture surgery on his ankle. We haven't seen him all year, and I don't think we are going to see him. We've got a lot of players that we just may not see play at all this season, and uh, I think Zach is one of those. On to the Sacramento Kings. I know they're dealing with Jamias Ramsey, who, again, that's not really an impact fantasy player, but we should just give him a mention. He's dealing with a hamstring problem. Hassan Whiteside, your mate. The world. He's missed the last three with a knee injury. He's not very good, and I don't do not know why anybody is still holding him in fantasy leagues. While Marvin Bagley, we're looking at a return towards the end of April. With how this team has played, using their best lineup, which again was as blindingly obvious as as anything to anybody that Halliburton needed to start over Bagley and that Harrison Barnes' best positions are for. I think they're nine and one with that road to, with that lineup. So I, I really can't see Bagley after four or five weeks off being bad, the team playing well, him coming in and saying, well, we just need to start this guy again. Like it's a sunk cost, guys. You wasted the number two pick on him. We all know it. You know it. He knows it. His dad might not, but everyone knows that there was a wasted pick. And then, you know, just trying to jam him in to be the starter in that scenario, I think is uh, it's going to be detrimental to your team. So I wouldn't be doing that. See you later. 
Um, so yeah, as for as for Marvin Bagley, I, I don't think there's any need to be rostering him or holding on to him in any sort of scenario. On to the San Antonio Spurs. Keita Bates-Diop is dealing with a hamstring problem at the moment. I don't think there's any real um, yeah, necessity to care about that from a fantasy point of view. Lonnie Walker had a wrist problem, but he uh, looks like he's going to be returning pretty soon. He is ruled out for Wednesday, though, while Gorgie Jeng is going to join the team. And Trey Lyles is out with an ankle problem, but honestly, no real fantasy impact from any of those blokes right there. And then we go on to the Toronto Raptors, who have got probably more, more issues at the moment than injuries. But Kyle Lowry, with that foot problem, it's obviously not right. He missed the game on Sunday, came back Monday, was terrible, played 24 minutes, and now is out again on Wednesday. When you talk about things that are patterns, Kyle Lowry missing games in, in March has been a consistent theme. Now, I think the last couple of years he's been okay, but look back prior to that, he would constantly get hurt in this time, and it's obviously not uh, not ideal. Is, he, is there a chance that he's a little bit pissed off that he didn't get traded to where he wanted to? Maybe. Not saying that's a guarantee, but there's a, there's a maybe associated that with Kyle. He's not a drop, but I uh, wouldn't be surprised if this foot injury lingers. Pat McCaw is out again. He's, I think he's, his knees are rooted, really. Paul Watson's in the health and safety protocols, as is DeAndre Bembry, while Jalen Harris is dealing with a hip problem. For the Jazz, Donovan Mitchell is going to miss today for personal reasons. Hopefully, everything's okay with uh, Donovan and his family. Yudoka Azebuke is going to be out for a long time, more another four weeks or so with his severe ankle injury, while Jawan Morgan is out with a calf problem. And then on to the Washington Wizards. Bradley Beal has missed the last two games. That is obviously concerning. Is this team tanking? Are they bad anyway? The answer to both those questions is yes. They're not going to want to push Beal through this hip injury, but another guy that has had some injury problems in the past, we are absolutely concerned with him and the gigantic minutes load that he has been forced into under Scott Brooks over the last three years. This may not be related, but injury load, is a, it's not an acute thing. It's a cumulative thing, and I've been banging on and banging on, and I this is a bloke that had so many stress fractures in his feet, and he, sorry, his legs, stress reactions, and I said, look, Scott Brooks, your team's terrible. Why are you playing him 45 minutes? And he didn't get hurt then. Oh, what are you talking about, Josh? They're healthy. They're playing. To me, this stuff is, it's cumulative. It builds up. And who's, I'm not saying that the hip is necessarily related to that, but it can't be discounted when you play, like, Beal's games before he got hurt, 42, 36, 39, 39, 32, 39 minutes. That's a lot of minutes, man. And I hope that's not why. Davis Bertans, probably one or two more with his calf injury. Ish Smith, probably looking at another week for his quad injury. Well, Dan Gafford, um, they said reevaluated in 10 days. I'd be thinking two to three weeks is a more realistic expectation as to when he returns. Guys, that'll do it for our quick, relatively quick injury update right across the NBA. Leave a comment down below if you're watching the video. Drop a thumbs up, um, subscribe, and hit the notification bell. And if you are listening to this, go and follow on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and on Spotify, guys. We are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.